worked for a woman who was horrible. She was mean, bullying, just a generally awful human being. Every day to the office, she would wear Chanel Chance Eau Fresh. And she often would tell me how I should wear it too, because it was just such a wonderful fresh scent. She'd come over to my desk and stand over me as I sat at the computer tapping away. And this miasma of scent would infiltrate my whole kind of cubicle. And forever, that scent, not nothing wrong with the scent itself, but forever, in my mind it is associated with this evil, horrible, mean woman. So much so that I can be out in a crowd and I'll smell Sean's and I get this feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach that she's there, that she's followed me, that she's found where I am now. And that is why I like niche perfume. Because you deserve to smell better than somebody's evil old boss. You deserve to smell like yourself and you deserve to not bump into loads and loads of other people wearing exactly the same scent as you. I'm Nicola Thomas and you're listening to The Sniff. I thought a good place to start with this podcast would be to look at what exactly niche perfumery is. Now niche is a term that has a very differing range of definitions and it's certainly something that confused me when I was starting out in perfume. The easiest way of thinking about niche perfumery is perfume that's of limited distribution. That's to say it's not stocked by the big department stores and major fragrance houses. Here at The Sniff, we've adopted a more, slightly more fluid definition to include anything that's niche, art or artisan. We think of niche perfume in the same way you might think of an artisan gin or an artisan cheese. That's to say it's high quality, it's well crafted or considered, and most importantly, it's trying to tell a story. It's got something to convey, it's not just simply trying to appeal to the masses and sell as large a number of units as possible. There's also a sector of the market that's sometimes referred to as pseudo-niche, where big companies such as Estee Lauder buy up smaller brands and then run them with the smaller brand identity and marketing, making them look like a truly niche brand. We sometimes cover these at the sniff, but only if we think they've got something worth talking about. Very broadly speaking, niche companies tend to be smaller, producing fewer bottles per year than the really big names do. Some are very successful, some are run as almost sidelines or hobbies. But what draws me to niche particularly is the artistic expression that it contains. It's the storytelling. Niche perfumes explore themes such as folklore. They explore places, certain cities. They even explore things like boredom and ennui. And I really like that. I really like the variety that you can get within niche sense. Some brands that I think you should try and that we will eventually cover here, include people like Pierre Guillaume, with apologies for my terrible French pronunciation. I think you should try Pierre's perfumes because they're interesting. They're kind of like I describe them to people as a gateway drug to niche, in that they're not intimidating, they're very wearable. He's got a huge range, so 
uh, there'll be something in there for everybody. And they're a really great and easy way to get into niche. Another brand that I would suggest you try is Angela Champagne. Now these are really artisan, really hands-on producers of very fine perfumery. They developed their own filtration system, I believe. So their scents are really unusual, really storied. And they really try and capture some really exciting emotions in their fragrances. And I, I find them really captivating. There's also Carna Barcelona. They're great. Again, very wearable, very easy scents to get into. And they've recently really expanded their line. So there's something in there, you know, covering many of the major fragrance families. And I'm sure there'll be something that you could find to enjoy within their range. Some of the really small brands include Stranger's Parfumery. Really interesting scents, very specific DNA that they've got. You can tell that it's one perfumer that's composed them, but Prin Lomros, who's behind Stranger's Perfumery, is really talented and manages to cover a real range of different styles of fragrance. Then there's January Scent Project, who we're going to be hearing from in an upcoming episode. January Scent Projects are really interesting in that their founder runs them as a sideline to his day job. But he manages to really pour a lot of creative endeavour into creating these very, very strange, very otherworldly perfumes. And I find them absolutely captivating. There's such a range out there in the niche world. When I was coming to perfume, I smelt a lot of fragrances on the high street and never found anything that really captivated me. And I thought it was me. I thought I just didn't like perfume. But actually, once I discovered niche, I found that that's not true at all. There's, I just was looking in the wrong places. So join us. Let's take a look at some of these niche fragrances. Let's find out what happens when you go down that rabbit hole, when you push through those wardrobe doors and enter Narnia. A whole world of niche awaits. And quite frankly, I love exploring it. The first fragrance we're going to look at today is called Still Life in Rio by the French brand Olfactive Studio. Olfactive Studio are a fairly young brand. They were founded in 2011 and they do a range of excellent and really interesting fragrances and candles alongside them. The unique selling point, I suppose, of Olfactive Studio is that they position themselves at the intersection between photography and perfume. And they say on their website, photography and perfume capture the moment and bring back experiences from the past. Okay, that sort of makes sense. And then they go on to say, to imagine a sensorial, intimate and poetic relationship between images and odours is to reconcile temporal spaces. At that point, they lost me. One of our favourite things about perfume is the absolute nonsense with which people speak. They write these sentences which mean absolutely nothing. You have to really see it for what it is. It's a way of conjuring up this poetic perfume mystique. So when you see things like that, just laugh at them because they are, they're actually brilliant, but not in the way that they necessarily think. So how does Olfactive Studio work? Well, the perfume's creator, or nose, receives a photo and then imagines the fragrance around that. So as you can imagine, Still Life in Rio is from a photograph that was taken in Rio. My absolute favourite line from what is essentially 
a website filled with hot air. And I say that with the utmost affection because I own a full bottle of this perfume and it is an absolute corker. Is the perfumes are angels. They have no sex, but they have a soul. I'll just I'll leave that with you. So anyway, let's look at the fragrance. Let's ignore the website nonsense and look at the fragrance. The top notes of Still Life in Rio are yuzu, ginger, mint, lemon and mandarin. So very heavy on the citrus there. The heart notes are Jamaican hot peppers, pink pepper, black pepper and coconut water. And the base notes are rum, Brazilian copaiba and white leather. So onto the fragrance. As I mentioned, I have a full bottle of this fragrance because I think it is absolutely beautiful. It's such an energetic scent. The notes utterly leap off the skin as soon as you spray it. And it is just full of energy. You get the bright, energetic citrus, you know, just these clouds of it. You get the lemon and the yuzu, definitely. It starts off a little... It's interesting. Sometimes it smells a little sherbetty at first. And sometimes it smells like a kind of muted citrus and I mean muted in that it smells quite wet and quite damp rather than being sort of floaty airy gentle lemon this is a kind of a real sort of it's not dirty it's not muddied but it's very powerful it's very it's not flighty it's very chunky it's a chunky lemon and you, you, yeah, you can almost taste it. You can almost feel it fizzing around in your sinuses and in your head. It's just beautiful and it's so energising. Definitely one for when you need a pick-me-up. Definitely one for when you just need that slap in the face of citrus. It's just gorgeous. I find it to be a relatively linear perfume. So it doesn't transform much between the top notes and the heart notes. When they finally come out, the citrus lingers. You get the vibrancy of the peppers coming through and you get a sort of gingery tang in the middle, which I quite enjoy. It's that sort of, it's invigorating, but it's also quite, it smells quite healing in a strange sort of way. On my skin particularly, my skin calms the pepperiness down. But another one of our testers, when I put it on her skin, it really amps up the volume on the pepper in the heart very much so and that's quite interesting and it's quite nice to be able to experience the different facets of that on different people. The citrus runs right the way through the scent right from the top notes right through the heart notes and into the base notes it lingers really really well. In the base the citrus is like really complemented deepened and enriched with sort of oak and leather woody and substantial big notes to kind of really bolster it and particularly I mean I love all this perfume but actually particularly the base is quite wonderful it's quite in a way it's enlivening but it's also meditative it's it's a very it's a very easy to wear fragrance I find the leather is so substantial in the base but the coupling of the leather with the citrus I find really interesting because leather has a certain sweetness to it and I find that when leather veers too sweet, it, I find it very cloying. Whereas in Still Life in Rio, it's not cloying at all and the leather adds this wonderful sumptuousness. It's a very elegant base, it's a very elegant citrus altogether. The longevity of this scent is amazing from a 
7, 7.30 in the morning application. I can still smell it at 7, 7.30 at night. And it's something that I think it probably sits towards the more male end of the spectrum. But I love to wear it. I think it's absolutely fine for people who identify more towards the female end of the continuum to wear this scent. I'm very happy to wear it myself. It's one of my favourites. It's one of in. It's always in heavy rotation. I'm particularly enjoying it in the winter months. Yorkshire in the winter is very much not like Rio in the summer, as you can imagine. And this scent just really gives me a pick me up. It makes me feel happy and cheerful, and gives me a little bit more energy than I would have otherwise had. The silage of the scent, when people talk about silage and the trail of the scent, they're basically talking about how much the scent projects from the body. Like, so whether your co-workers are going to hate you for wearing it or whether people on the bus are going to go to sit at the back of the bus to get away from your stench. These are variously referred to as silage or the trail. The silage of still life is, is pretty big, actually. It's not offensively so. It projects to, I would say, slightly more than handshake distance. So if you walk past somebody and they're wearing it, you will be able to smell it and that is very pleasant. But it's not the sort of scent that sort of hangs around for days in a huge cloud and just makes everybody annoyed at you. It's not like that at all. It's a really pleasant smell. The presentation of the scent is really good. It's really pretty. I find it to be, it's quite minimalist. The bottles are square. It feels lovely in the hand. There's a certain simplicity and elegance to the packaging, which is really nice. It's the sort of scent that has a quiet sophistication about it. And I always think with this perfume that actually I could imagine it on the dressing table of some luxury mansion and it would look beautiful. It's effortlessly chic and a perfume that I think is not going to date is a perfume that I'm going to come back to year after year and really keep wearing because to my mind is one of the best citruses on the market it's interesting it's vibrant and it's uh, just a lot of fun next up we're going to look at a perfume called Palo Santo by Cana Barcelona Palo Santo is a fantastic example of what you get when you buy a niche perfume. It's complex and it, it changes a lot from the initial notes that you get when you spray it to the base notes. In niche perfumery, I always equate this to whiskey, a good quality single malt whiskey. It's always going to give you more of an experience. The taste is going to unfold as you experience it and it's going to take you on much more of a journey. That said, you don't necessarily want to drink single malt every day. Sometimes you might want a Jack Daniels and Coke. And some days you want that complexity and some days you want the simplicity. And that's totally fine. That's why we advocate people developing themselves a perfume wardrobe so you've got choices. Carna Barcelona were created in 2010 in the gorgeous Spanish city of, well, Barcelona. One of my favourite European cities, incidentally. They were founded by Sarah Carner or Sarah Carner. She comes from a long family of Spanish leather artisans. I really felt you could feel that in this perfume, that sort of artisanal, leathery smell. You know, it's it all comes together to form something which is 
definitely artisanal, definitely interesting and really speaks to a long tradition of creating something slowly, creating something beautiful and creating something that's very high quality. The notes that are listed for this perfume include Davana, which is an aromatic herb, and a rum accord. I'm making this perfume very trendy at the minute, everybody's drinking rum. Along with warm milk, guayacum wood, tonka bean, cedar, vetiver, and amorous. Palo Santo itself means sacred wood, and it's a mystical tree that grows in South America, related to frankincense and myrrh. This perfume is a fantastic scent to be wearing it, you know, in the autumn. Wear it around bonfire night and you're going to smell absolutely divine. What happens when you spray Palo Santo is that the first thing that came to mind for us was that it was very much like smelling the back of an antique cupboard at your grandma's house. It smells of wood, warmth, there's hints of sweetness in there from the toiletries perhaps that your grand kept in that cupboard for years. It has this real soothing and familiar vibe, but at the same time there's the sort of mystery about it. There's a sort of hint of time and of secrets and of things that are just a little bit out of the ordinary. There's a tobacco-y scent that lingers in there as well, and at times there was this kind of even the vaguest hint of an oily fish. And I don't mean that in a, you know, in a bad way at all. It just had that fresh, marine, just hint that maybe would say there was something ambergris-ish in there, but it just gives you this little nuance of intrigue, but quickly mellowed to freshly polished leather shoes. We found that the top notes didn't linger. The perfume quickly transitioned into the middle and the base. In the middle of the scent, the real creamy vanilla comes through really pleasantly. And you do, you can really smell the milk and the tonka bean in there. It's very comforting. It's quite enveloping. It feels a bit like you're being swaddled in some kind of lovely fluffy blanket with a cup of hot milk on a cold winter's night. And it's it's really very pleasant indeed. There's a sweet muskiness in the in the middle of the scent that it kind of leads on from the note, the notes of milk and the and the tonka bean. This sort of sweet muskiness leads us more towards wood smoke and sandalwood. So there's that creamy milkiness on my skin personally. I got a very woody, incensey winter bonfire vibe in the base notes of the scent. And there's this lingering smell of polished leather, which I really liked. Found it very intriguing. The longevity of the scent was excellent, again. It stayed all day on my skin. I find it particularly disappointing when a fantastic scent you really look forward to wearing, you put it on and it's gone by morning coffee. That's not the case here at all. What you get is a fragrance that is going to last all day in some form. Here at the Sniff, we felt that this would... It was perhaps more leaning towards the masculine end of the spectrum. But as always, if you're a woman who wants to wear something woody and smoky, then absolutely fine. Many, many niche fragrances don't differentiate between this is a man smell, this is a woman smell, because it's complete nonsense. Who decides? Who was sat there one day going, well, men get sandalwood and women get flowers. Who decided that is utter nonsense. So whoever you are, whoever 
you know, whatever you identify as, whatever you like, just wear it because nobody should be telling you that it's wrong to wear vetiver if you're a woman in your 30s from Yorkshire. It's it's all fine. Just wear whatever you like. I think one of the things that I really particularly liked about this scent was the intriguing little mysterious nuance that it had. I really liked it. It made me feel like I was investigating something secret by wearing it. And I really liked that. Plus the sweetness in the heart of it, this this kind of milky... I love milky accords in perfume. I think they're thoroughly beautiful. And the kind of milky heart notes. It was quite captivating. I don't own a full bottle of this perfume, it must be said. I feel like it's maybe slightly too woody and slightly too sweet to go in my permanent collection. But actually saying that, I think I would like to revisit it now the air is colder and now the nights are drawing in because I really think actually it might be quite spectacular on me now. I could imagine it wouldn't take much for me to go full bottle on it. What's your favourite smell? Favourite smell? Um, Limes, I think. Uh, Recently extinguished candles or very old wooden bookcases uh holly so one of my favorite smells is lemongrass i just really really like anything that smells like lemongrass and my other is when it has rained and the air smells really fresh i really like that kind of watery kind of fresh smell that you get um my favorite smell is the smell of new brochures or magazines like I really like to get my nose right in to the the middle of the spine and like really smell it what's my favorite smell am I allowed to pick more than one thing together melded together yeah so figs honey bit of plum sort of a sweet sticky fruity nah after eight mints Chocolate. Um, Warm pine needles on the ground. Freshly mown grass, probably. Quite like that. I mean, I know it's a bit generic, but yeah. I do quite like wet dog as well. I know most other people don't, but I do like wet dog. The inside pages of really old books. The yellowy pages, brown spots, quite brittle. Proper printing ink from old-fashioned printing and that. My favourite smell, lavender. The other stuff you need to know. We purchased samples of both Still Life in Rio and Palo Santo in order to review them. I subsequently purchased a full bottle of Still Life in Rio at my own cost. Both Olfactive Studio and Carna Barcelona Perfumes are available from Bloom Perfumery in London. Check out their website for more details at bloomperfume.co.uk. Olfactive Studio are also available via their website, olfactivestudio.com, as are Carna Barcelona at carnabarcelona.com. The Sniff is written and produced by me, Nicola Thomas, with music by Phil Collingwood. You can find all our reviews online at the-sniff.com. We're also on Instagram, at the Sniff website, and Twitter with the same handle. We'd love it if you gave us a like. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>